0: This is on mask. We're here. Yes. How are you?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Well, actually, how are you?
0: I'm doing good. Yeah. So you're one of the few guests that I don't really know at all prior to this.
1: I know I'm a mystery.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I just pulled up. Yeah. <laughs> I me. literally
0: just found you on Instagram, followed you, and yeah. then you reached yeah. out. I,
1: I I knew of your existence. Right, like I went to like past um, past ASU screenings, and I'd see your name in credits and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and yeah, like I I basically I've edited some films. You I don't think that you were in any of them, but Hmm. like, um, like were you in any um showcase films for like senior showcase or? I know
0: this last senior showcase for ASU, um, there was one to where I played. (laughs) It was the weirdest role I've ever played. It was this like. Uber Eats DoorDash delivery guy um I think I know of that one <laughs> I think it was called like, She Took My Heart or something Oh okay Yeah I and um that was one of the few that like I wasn't the lead and I know how cocky that sounds Yeah But yeah that one I played some like Stoner guy that's like delivering pizza or delivering some food um so I wasn't that one, and then I think I heard from another friend or something that I was in another film for the showcase, but I cannot remember which no. one. I know there was a few. Um, trying to remember which ones I did for. Was there White Eye? Was that one of them? White it? Eye? Yeah. Uh,
1: that's no. That one's not ringing a bell. No. No. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um. Sh- I had to look at my resume uh, again. Uh, I honestly don't even remember. Yeah. All of the different things I've been in. A few short films and stuff, but I don't remember all, all of them. What, what what did you edit that was in it?
1: Oh, um, for, the, for specifically this most recent showcase, I didn't edit anything in that one. I just pulled okay. up because um, my friends were going to be graduating that year. And, like, I, I transferred into ASU, actually, like, during my freshman. Um, like, ap- as soon as my freshman year ended, I transferred in as a sophomore. Okay. And a lot of my friends at ASU, they were freshmen. So I just kind of went there to support them. Gotcha. And stuff like my um my capstone film was in the fall of like the previous year. I edited this film called La Sución Cuesta. It was about like a, a painter who gets like sucked into a world of crime after their brother um robs a convenience store and they get in trouble because of that. It just it's a really interesting short film. But um
0: Is that one that you wrote too? Uh
1: no, that was just one that I edited. Oh, okay. I you mostly edited. like I specialize in editing. Oh okay. uh first and foremost. But like I really like directing and writing like even more i just think yeah. that in order to do those things like properly and in a unique sort of way i think that a good understanding of editing is very important right because like pacing is like the best
0: oh thing. 100% yeah yeah a lot of people underestimate the power of pacing i know that um i can't remember what i was watching i was watching a i can't even remember um, no, actually, no, I wasn't watching something. I was on another set, and there's a cinematographer that was on it, and I was kind of talking to him behind the scenes and he was telling me that like sons of anarchy they there's so much specific, specific i cannot say that word specific
1: <laughs> S- specificity uh, some, something <laughs> like that I, I don't know yeah i may be I may have got it completely wrong
0: uh, <laughs> but there's so many specifics in a show like that that people don't even realize like they have like the one two count towards like after each line they have to like. Wait like one or two cuts before the next one, and so like there's little things in the pacing of that. Yeah, and obviously it, it depends on the genre. Like action movies and horror movies are gonna have like they have to be like super hardcore pace versus like mm-hmm. uh, a rom com or something yeah. like that's where it's like very slow, easy going, heartfelt type of stuff. So yeah, it's insane with like all the different pieces that editors and stuff have to splice together for those things. What software do you use? Um, My favorite
1: one to go to is probably Premiere, I'd say. Mm. I think that, like, that one is just, like, the easiest one to really get into. I know that that my editing professors, if they ever come across this, um, they're going to be complaining about how I didn't say Avid. Avid is (laughs) difficult to use. Avid, like, here's the thing. Avid is great, right, for its storage, but there was one time uh, my friend was editing something, and he was actually complaining to me about why I was using Premiere and not Avid mm-hmm. for his film. And his and his film showed and um, he had a title on the screen that just went it like zipped off to the oh, side. No. Uh, and it like it had like a whole crowd of people kind of watching. And afterward he like came up to me after that and he was just like, Will I'm switching to Premiere and I'm like, Yeah, dude, I totally <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> like Avid is great, but it's just kinda unreliable right now. Right. I
0: think. I started in Premiere when I first started editing stuff, and then I switched over. I switched over to DaVinci. Um, I had an old cinematographer friend of mine that I was the lead in his movie, and for his, he kind of he really showed me the ropes and stuff behind the scenes of what it's like for editing and all. And he was like, "Yeah, for the Hollywood standard, you have to be using DaVinci because color correction is so much." more accurate and stuff in da Vinci. um this is not sponsored by da Vinci in any way by the yeah. way
1: DaVinci is great though
0: yeah no I, I really like it um it has like its own like little flow and stuff so I personally really like da Vinci. I don't really edit stuff that much anymore I used to be a lot more avid with editing but kind of took a little bit of a break from that um but yeah when I do edit I do that
1: yeah absolutely um when it comes to Da Vinci, the thing is, I actually I bought a camera, and it came with Da Vinci, but I just never really got around to like, Oh, did you get the Black Magic? But, like, yeah, I got the Black Magic. Um, okay. It was for, like, just personal projects because I, I just made my own short film. And I'm like, hey, like, I make things. I should probably invest in, like, a good camera for myself because right. why not? And I, uh, I basically just took money out of my savings and put it towards this camera.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, hold the mic. Hold it. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. I, I, was, just, I was just burping. In. I, I didn't want to burp directly into the Hold mic. the ASMR here. Yeah, exactly. Hi. Um, no. Uh, wait, where, where were we? What was this conversation um, about? You
0: got a camera. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got it because um, I knew. I just, re- I, thought, I just thought it was silly in my head that I'm like, hey, I want to make movies for a living, and I don't have a camera for myself. Yeah. I was just filming everything on my cell phone, and that's not professional. I got to, like, learn how to, like, use actual cameras on my phone and just, like, do it. All that sort of right. stuff. Yeah. And that was why I got that. But it came with DaVinci. And I still don't know how to properly color grade. Like, basically, <laughs> like, it, I was at ASU, like, when they still had Sun Studios. And they didn't have... Um, did they
0: not have any?
1: They, they did not have the Mix Center yet. The, oh, okay. Like, the big building with, like, the Dolby Atmos and, like, right. the color suites. Like, we didn't even have editing bays when I was <laughs> at, at ASU. It was just, like, me editing from on my laptop in my apartment. And it was just chaos. Really? <laughs> but um
0: <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even know they had editing bays there. I've I've never actually seen the behind the scenes of the ASU editing stuff. So I don't even know what all they offer oh, to the students. Oh, it's
1: really nice. Like even like I, I'm not in the I'm not in the sound field, but like for the sound people, they 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 got it stacked. They have a foley room. Do you know what Foley is?
0: Is that where like they go in and they have like a person that does all the sound stuff, like, they play it on the big screen, and then they kind of, like, yeah, in the of the yeah. like paper and ruffle it together. Yeah, or... they got
1: one of those, like, they have, like, a little, like, pool for, like, water and stuff where you oh, can yeah. take your hands and, like, mash it and, like, have, like, the water sounds kind of go through it. Really? It's, it's crazy. It's, um, yeah, like, they didn't have any of that when I was going to
0: ASU. Dang. Crazy. So, that, so that's all pretty new then, right?
1: Very new. Oh. Yeah. I, I went on, um, I, I basically, like, I just finished editing a feature, right, and, like, I went. I was editing a lot of it at um, at that building because the people who shot the feature they were students at ASU. Okay. And they just wanted to meet up there so I could show them the most recent cut. And while I was there, I was just looking at all the editing suites and all the new stuff. I'm like, wow. Yeah. This is crazy. They were advertising this stuff when I was like uh, planning on like attending ASU, but then like yeah. all of a sudden it's just like I'm gone and now, <laughs> now it's there. I think it got slowed down due to COVID, which sucks.
0: Yeah. But. Oh, I hate when that kind of stuff happens. I remember there was, like, a couple of schools or something that I went to that I was like, it would be so cool if they had this, And like, literally the year after I graduate, they have everything upgraded, like, all new. I'm like, y'all are lucky, okay? You guys get the new shit. You guys get the good shit. I had to do this, like, Jimmy rigging the crap out of it. It's cruel. It's cruel. It's messed up, man. <laughs> that, that's crazy that you jumped, though, from using your phone straight to Black Magic because, like, you didn't even have that. Awkward stage to using a shitty little DSLR.
1: I like for some reason. I just find myself doing that quite often. I just like jumping off the deep end and doing things that I probably shouldn't be doing at probably the time that I've made it. Like for example, right during my capstone um, that I was editing back when I was a senior, I went out to California and I shot this uh, short film called Piece of Paradise with like two actors from Arizona. Hmm. We like legit. We rented out a beach house in California. And we shot, like, this whole, like, 24-minute short film, like, down by the beach and over, like, the course of five days. And it was just me. Dang. There there was no crew. It was, like, just me <laughs> on set. It was chaos. But, like, it was so much fun. And, it, of course, there were parts that, like, sucked because, like, the audio was bad since right. then we didn't have a sound guy. It was by the beach. We couldn't control the wind. It was just, yeah. like, bleh. But it, I, I just kind of threw myself in there, and I'm very happy that I did. But. I find myself just doing that a lot.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I feel like that's sometimes the best thing, though. Like, when you're starting with anything, like, yeah, sometimes it's good to take baby steps. Sometimes you kind of just have to say fuck it and go off the deep end a little bit. You kind of just have to, you know, I don't need to do all this other stuff and just get your feet wet a little bit, mess up a little bit along the way. I feel like that's – there's a lot of, like, lessons and stuff you can learn with doing that. And then sometimes it's just, like, if you're – just going straight in for it, kind of just learn along the way, you know, instead of like having to get a DSLR, do all this, you're just like, you know, what? I'm just gonna get the black magic, I'll have the quality there, and then I can learn everything along the way, but I'll already at least have this.
1: Yeah, like before I, before I shot that film, like going out to California and stuff, I, I always like looked up like U- YouTube tutorials and stuff, just kind of like, those are really
0: helpful dude those are amazing everything you can learn on youtube now
1: yeah did you hear about how like everything ever all at once like all the vfx was done uh learned through youtube tutorials are you serious i'm serious and also like all the people who did vfx they were not like people who like studied vfx
0: they were just normal guys that's like that's that's crazy that's not like Like, one of those like low edited videos too that's not at all that's a straight up like it
1: won the vfx oscar like it's freaking insane
0: yeah I mean, that makes sense, though, because I've honestly, I've gone on YouTube to look up, um, like especially when I was trying to learn Da Vinci. I wanted to learn a lot of, like, how to do this effect and how do you do that effect. And there was, like, three videos in. I was learning, like, how to, like, make stuff jump out and do all this and do all that. And I'm like, yo, oh, you guys are teaching all this on YouTube? Like, yeah. the amount of education you can get from something like YouTube, I wish you could just, like, literally, like, oh, here's a degree, just watch, like, ten videos, and then you have this degree almost. Yeah, like that would put that would put universities out of business. <laughs> yeah, and I might be wrong
1: about this. I'm pretty sure that people will blow me up on Instagram if they like if, if if I'm wrong about this. But like I remember that like um, have you heard of Blender? Blender, Blender. It's like from what from my understanding, it's like a VFX like creation software that's like free, that like people are like actually like using. Really, and stuff. it's like free to the public. Anybody could download it. And Is it it's like just, another
0: version of After Effects? It,
1: it no, it's it. it, it it looks much crazier. Like I've seen, I've seen people like create things in like Unreal Engine and stuff like using it, and it's just like really? it looks
0: wild. But uh, so it's like an alternative then to using After Effects without having to pay Norman Lake for it. Is that pretty much what it is? I,
1: that's I don't know. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> all I know is that like I've seen people do crazy things with it. Like I had a um, a friend Elias who like color corrected piece of Paradise who would like show me the stuff that he'd make in it all the time. And there was one time, like, he just, he created, like, these whole freaking, like, landscapes that I would, really? like, never. Like, yeah, it was wild. That is insane. So, yeah, people just have that access, that tool for free. And, like, all you have to do is just learn it. Yeah. And it's
0: awesome. Honestly, I find that it's, there's a lot more, like, free softwares and stuff coming out because I feel like developers are realizing that, like, publicity is the best form of advertisement. Like, as soon as, I think it was, like, Fortnite came out and it was, like, the one game it was completely free. It blew yeah. up like crazy. It was, like, more talked about than, like, any other game I had ever heard of at that time. And it was because it was free and then you could just do, like, in-game, do- or in-game downloads and stuff. And then there's, like, DaVinci where you can pay for Premiere Pro, which is what I was doing for a little while. Or if you don't really need the 16K or 8K type of stuff and all this other BS and you just want to do, like, basic stuff... You can get the free version, and you can have just as good editing power, if not even better, than Premiere Pro. And then now, like that, to where it's like another VFX type of software. To where I can guarantee you that, like, they probably have an up, like a upgradable version. To where if it's like, you know what? I got a little taste of this, but now I want a taste of this. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be a hundred dollars a year. Boom! I've already learned how to use your software. I, I'm loyal to it. Like people, if they're loyal to something, they're gonna stick with it. Yeah, That's just how it is. Like, How do you think Apple got so big? I mean, people are just loyal to Apple. They knew how to bring people in to make it to where, like, oh, you have our iPads, you use our computers, you use everything. We'll release another thing, charge you an extra couple thousand dollars, even though it's nothing different than the last one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's always the downside to that, too, with, like, yeah. Apple just being Apple. Oh, but like, yeah. With, like, with like the... When I discovered the whole thing about like Apple like slowing down like old phones, in oh, yeah, order to like that that pissed me off. I was oh just... that irritated
0: the absolute living hell out of me. So I was like, y'all don't need more money, <laughs> okay? Like, be happy, you guys already get money from all this kind of stuff. Why like, y'all yep. have to like slow down all the other devices? But yeah. I mean, I, I know that they already got reprimanded and stuff for all that. But yeah. I mean, there gets to be a point where they kind of get a little cocky, a little bit too like, oh, they're already with us, we can just. Pull strings even harder.
1: Funny story about Apple. I actually a um, piece of paradise with the the film being completed and all. We put it into festivals a couple of um, a couple of months later, and it got into um, the Chinese theater in like Hollywood. Oh yeah, like it got into there for like for like a day at a festival called Indie Night Film Fest. And but the weird thing about that fest is it requested that everything be submitted on like disc, right? Like, which a, was, physical like disc? a physical disc, which was weird. So, and basically. I double-check my laptop, and I'm like, wait a minute, there's no disk drive on this thing. Yeah. How am I supposed to, like, get that? And then I go to Apple, right, because apparently Apple has, like, the whole, like, disk drive thing. They're charging, like, 70-something bucks for a disk drive. (laughs) It sounds
0: (laughs) like like the new thing with, like, the new phones. I I was watching this video on YouTube um, about the new iPhone that's about to come out. I think it's, like, the 15 or something. I don't even know, honestly, Mm -hmm. what they're up to. I'm still, I think, with, like, a 13. But the new... 15, I think. It doesn't even come in a box. There's literally, it just comes with in this, like, little velvet bag. What? And there's no cords at all in it. It's literally just the device. It's and,
1: just, like, like, a little brick thing? Yeah, just, like, just,
0: like the, little, the little phone itself, and then, like, obviously, like, the user manual or something, but there's no cords, no nothing. It's really just the phone. And it's like, wow, they even did away with the box now. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, that is the most stupid thing. Like, they're trying to say that, oh, it's more efficient with shipping and cheaper, and it's more environmentally friendly, it's like, actually no, because now there has to be a whole additional packaging mm-hmm. for ordering chargers, for ordering headphones and bricks and all that kind of stuff, and I'm like, this yeah. is ridiculous. They're charging even more than they ever have, but including less than they ever so have. So the
1: charger doesn't even come with it. It's no. just It's
0: just... There's no cord, no brick, no nothing, just the phone.
1: So, like, when you get the phone, like, you just kind of hope that it turns on, and if it yeah. doesn't, yeah, that's... that's Wow,
0: well, I think they're relying more Good job, on, yeah, I think Good they're relying job. more on wireless charging, and then <laughs> I think I saw that they have the uh, new u s b type c and so they're trying to just do that, but I don't know there's just like a bunch of stuff from I'm like, come on, like y'all have like the biggest selling phone of all time, you guys don't need to continuously cut costs or yeah. try to cut corners on everything. It's just not not cool, man, <laughs> yeah. So you graduated college already then, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I
1: graduated in, like, fall of last year. Oh, really? Well, oh, no, not fall. Sorry. Spring of last year. My bad. Um, and after that, I, w- I went back home um, just to kind of, like, look for work for a bit. And at, coming out of the film school as, like, an editor, it was very difficult to find work. I It took me, like, four months, roughly, to actually, like, find an editing job that was, like actually like usable like with my degree. Really in the meantime I worked at like AMC as a cook. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't that bad though because it's like I- I've worked like minimum wage jobs like before, like before college even I worked at like three different restaurant jobs. I worked at um when I was fifteen I worked at Jack in the Box. When I was like what should I call it? Like like when I was like sixteen or seventeen, I worked at Einstein Bagels and then I worked at Denny's later mm. as like a, a server. Yeah. And it just so it, it was a decent job. I got free movies, and since I go to yeah. movies often, it was just a, a sick way to cut costs in the meantime. But I was still like, I gotta get out of here.
0: <laughs> I just, I knew. Honestly, at this point, um, so in the hometown I grew up in, all they had was Harkins. But then I moved here, and I discovered AMC, and I found out I think AMC is cheaper than Harkins at least for, like, the reclining seats and all that. So, and for me, I'm a huge movie buff. I love, like, that's my favorite thing. I, me and my girlfriend would go to the movies probably at least, like, once a week, once a week almost, depending on what new movies and stuff are out. But at this point, I'm like, I've never even thought of joining, like, a loyalty program, especially for a movie theater. And then now, every time I go, she's like, you really should join this thing. I feel like you're losing money at this point. Like, hardcore, like, more money... Than necessary, especially with like yeah. getting snacks and getting drinks and doing all this because I go to the movies so often at this point. So yeah,
1: like when I was um, actually at ASU, um, I lived at a Union Tempe, which is like an apartment that was like a building that was right next to like uh, Mill Avenue. Yeah, and because of that, the AMC was just right there. Right, and I, me and my my friend convinced me to actually get that subscription thing. Really. <laughs> and it is; it saved me so much money. I yeah. saw like I saw everything, even like the bad movies that I wasn't yeah. even going to check out. And I already do that regardless, but like <laughs> it was, it was such a nice uh, thing to have, just knowing that I didn't really like pay too much money for it.
0: Yeah. So you yeah. said you started working at fifteen? Then
1: I did start working at fifteen at um at Jack in the Box just to get like work experience. Um, I'm not even sure if that was even like legal. Is that legal? Oh yeah, uh, I, I, I got
0: my first legal job by the time i was 13 i started 13? working when i was 12 um, a little bit under the table jesus um i had a friend of mine his parents owned like a dog grooming shop and so i used to bathe dogs and stuff for them um it was more of just like here's 20 bucks for the day or uh, probably a little bit more but like i would be there for a couple hours wash a few dogs and then go home so it was that and then i was a i worked in a restaurant as a busboy boy and uh, a host from like 13 to like 13 and a half to 14 and then a grocery store after that as like a bagger and stuff so i think it's just like depends on the insurance for the company that's yeah Um, i don't know exactly the youngest youngest you can get hired so far i've heard 13 um like at that um Mm -hmm. at that restaurant but okay
1: Yeah, because I I feel like I got let go because I think people did catch on to my age. Really? When I was working at Jack in the Box at that time because it was just like I was doing my job. I was just like just just getting everything that I needed to get done done at that job. And then somebody – I think I said like some cringy like 15-year-old shit (laughs) around people. And they're like, wait a minute. How old are you? (laughs) And then then they caught on. And I was just – and then I think that like – I had, like, two weeks left. Like, I already put in my two-week notice. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. you don't need to come in for those two weeks. <laughs> you're, you're you're good. You're, you're fine. It's literally
0: identical. Like, at my first job um, at 13, yeah. I think they realized, because I had, like, it was, like, my first week there, I had, like, literally six people were, like, how old are you? Because, <laughs> like, I've always had a baby face, especially when I shave. I look at least five years younger than I actually am. So when I'm 13, no facial hair, or anything you can only imagine. It's like, what? What is this nine year old doing in this place? And, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 13. I'm like, wow. And so I can guarantee you, probably one of them was like, Hey, why are you like exploiting this child for child labor stuff? And like, I don't know if that actually yeah. happened. I can probably <laughs> guarantee it. Probably did happen, especially with how cause I didn't. I didn't hit puberty. I don't think until I was like a sophomore, or junior in high school. Like that's when my I finally started growing a little bit hair started popping out and like all the uncomfortable stuff voice starts cracking so at that time I was still squeaky voice under five foot no facial hair to be ever seen in existence so at that time it's like I, I can imagine that and then I remember that's when I got my job at the grocery store and I was like hey so I don't I've never quit a job before how does this work my mom told me I have to put in the two-week notice and so let going on. She's like, no, just you're good. Have fun. Go away. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay. Sounds good. And I look back and I'm like, oh I know why she said that. Yeah. I definitely know why she said that. Yeah. Just
1: Yeah, I, I don't know I don't know how that I don't know how that went. I, I, I think I know why they kept me around at first. Like I don't think I think that I was able to easily like sneak past it because I was actually like pretty tall for my age. Yeah. Like at that time. And, um, like, in high school, like, I played, like, I played volleyball. Um Because really? of that, they kind of, uh, they noticed that I was tall, and they were like, we need you on the team. Yeah. And then that's how I got involved. But How, uh,
0: how was it playing yeah. volleyball in high, it was high school, you said? High school? I sucked. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, su- I was terrible at it. I, uh, yeah, I was, like, an outside hitter. Did right? you
0: get, like, teased at all for, like, being, I, I imagine you were probably the only guy on the team, right?
1: No. No, we have like, a whole team? whole dude team. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was like it was like all indoors. Since it was in California, there's like it was really? it was pretty big. Yeah. I've uh,
0: I've strangely I've never heard of a school, especially mm-hmm. with an all man like an all guys volleyball team. They
1: have an all guys volleyball team. They have like an all like women's volleyball team and stuff. It was actually like pretty, pretty common. Like a lot of people, even from the football team, ended up on the volleyball team. And it was really? just kind of, it was kind of funny how, like, because they had, like, different sports seasons at the high school, so that's just how that ended up being.
0: At my school, it was completely different. We'd have the football season, and then in an off-season, it would be basketball, and if that wasn't in season, it would be wrestling. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, all, like, the masculine type of sports that everyone played, sometimes soccer.
1: They still had those. Like, they still had, like, them all around it. Just, like, volleyball was just another sport that they had.
0: Yeah. And, um... Kind of just a way to keep themselves active.
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: Dang. I wonder, I wonder what kind of skills would be transferable from volleyball to football. Uh,
1: I, I don't know. I imagine that, like, isn't the whole, like, objective of football being, like, this giant, like, ball of mass, basically, like, running this ball down a field? Like, I, I don't know how that would help with yeah, volleyball. Yeah, I
0: can't think of exactly... Cause I know
1: that... Because you'd want to be flexible for volleyball. Like, I don't know, like, how...
0: Maybe it does help increase, like, flexibility. Maybe, like, for dives and stuff, because I know with volleyball, you sometimes have to do dives. Actually, like...
1: Yeah, I guess that, that is a that is a trait that could be carried over because, like, football people aren't afraid to be hurt. They aren't, right. af- they aren't afraid to, like, go, get, like, just completely destroyed. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, yeah. I
0: mean, I have heard of, like, football players going into things like ballet or dance mm-hmm. because it helps with agility, it helps with flexibility, and um, just, like, endurance and stuff. And, like, for me, I grew up as a dancer, and so I wanted to do football when I was in high school. I was way too tiny to do it. I would have been absolutely just demolished. I would have been killed probably my first year in it just because of how tiny I was. Like I I guess I didn't hit puberty until I was like middle of high school. So if I would have been on there, where you were seen like some three foot nine peewee trying to run in between people's legs and stuff, trying to run it. But I was also fast as hell. That's why like I did get asked a couple times to be on the team because the fact of I was so small, so that made it to where I had so much endurance. I was able to like sprint past anybody. You want to pour some more stuff in here? Uh,
1: no, I, I think I'm good for now. Okay. I was just kind of like pushing it over to the side. <laughs> yeah.
0: But okay. So, what got you into film, or is that just something that you always wanted to do?
1: Um, to be fair, like I, I think that I kind of got into film. It was a weird journey, right? <laughs> like the first job that I ever wanted to do as a kid was I uh, wanted I wanted to, I wanted to uh, design roller coasters really as like a kid like I was basically that just seemed like the dream right because I was just like I I saw like how horrified people would get yeah. on them and I was just like yo I love tormenting people oh this will God. be great and then just <laughs> I love that. yeah and I, I want to torture people I, I, I want to coaches. torture people and then like I think that kind of came a bit from like my dad not the torture part but like the design aspect because he was like um in architecture and stuff like oh, really? that. Like he basically like would go to buildings and make sure that they're structurally sound and make sure that there's like water leakage and stuff and like that oh, they're yeah. not there. I-, I don't know what that job's called. But <laughs> yeah, that would be like his job. So I think I got that from him. Then following that it was I went through like the typical boys phase of like wanting to be a baseball player or wanting to be a big did football player. Play. I did play baseball. Yeah really? at I- like in elementary school I played baseball um all the way through middle school and then i quit because i sucked and then I <laughs> and then afterwards i um i wanted to just be a writer and then I, I kind of like started to piece together all those things in my head i'm like i want to scare people i like i, I want to like i want to do some crazy stuff that makes people like odd like in right. like a baseball I'm just like and then i want to write stuff that kind of like hits people emotionally and i'm like right. okay what are all those things kind of combined together oh like filmmaker Uh, That could that could be a great job for me if I want a job with all those sorts of aspects to them. Yeah, and um, I kind of like really it kind of solidified after I saw the movie Birdman um, when I was a kid. Okay, yeah, like my dad, my I saw the trailer for Birdman and I'm like, this looks weird. And then I asked like my dad to take me, and I I was just blown away by it entirely. Um, I was I completely couldn't resonate with the story (laughs) at that age because I was like 14 and it's about like not having your art accepted and stuff and yeah. I'm just like what What would I know I was 14 like right. I didn't know anything um, but yeah I was just like visually and like like with sound and the visuals alone I was like blown away and I was just kind of like I want to do something that's like emotionally powerful and visually stunning and just yeah, like absolutely. every sort of aspect like that because it's just I want to make something that connects with people right and then because of that I joined like a high school digital media class and that's how it kind of all started
0: really yeah Okay, and are you from Arizona then? No,
1: I, I'm from um, I'm from San Diego, California.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah,
1: I um, yeah, like I I went to um, I went to high school. I grew up all, all down there, and then I transferred over to ASU because I just kind of I could have gone to like a normal film school like out in California, but yeah, at the I same time I'm just like. Yeah, good
0: film schools out but there. But the
1: thing is, it's like, I, I my family's not like, my family don't got that money. You know, oh, I don't okay. I don't got that money. My family doesn't have that money. And we were just kind of like, you know a s u is starting to have like a bit better film program, apparently, right. How about you just kind- of, and then i I kind of liked the idea of to touch on what I, we were talking about earlier. It felt like I was just jumping off the deep end, going to somewhere that I did not know anybody, just um and I thought that I really liked that idea, yeah, and that's how I ended up in Arizona,
0: so kind of just chasing the uncomfortability aspect then kind of just pretty much your comfort zone and yeah." I like that. I, I, I really respect wanting to do that. I feel like um, I know I've talked about comfort zone a little bit on here already um, in, in previous episodes, but it is so important to do something like that to get out of your comfort zone, to really exercise that part of you that gets you uncomfortable, that part of you that's like just taking the chance and deep in. Because I'm sure because of that, I'm sure you've gotten some amazing opportunities, met some amazing people. -hmm. That you wouldn't have otherwise met, still staying in San Diego.
1: Yeah, I feel like, like just in retrospective, like growing up like in that one location of San Diego, it feels like you're just kind of growing up in like a bubble. Yeah. Right. Like basically, like I've seen like some people in San Diego just like spout the most obscene shit, and then they would like they would just kind of stay in that bubble and they'd have like no, they wouldn't even bother to go out and talk to different people outside of their social cliques, and it's just like it's annoying. It's and, funny.
0: I, I've been wanting to like go to San Diego. Like I was thinking like an actor, a lot of people are like, oh, so you're gonna move to Hollywood and stuff. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Absolutely not. Like There's I'm, nothing wrong
1: with San Diego itself. It's just like if you grow up in that environment and that's the only environment that you're used to. Like San Diego's known for like sunny beaches yeah. and like things just being really nice all the time <laughs> and just in general, like if you grow up in that environment all the time, you just have not experienced the world. You don't know yeah anything.
0: That's literally how I feel about growing up in Flagstaff, because like growing up in Flagstaff, I don't know if you've been to Flagstaff or not. I've not. But it's all just trees, mountains, and all that. And like whenever you're a tourist there, you look and like, oh, everything is gorgeous here. Like, how could anybody ever get tired of this? It's fresh mountain air. It's you can see the stars at night. You get all four seasons, and like. From an outside perspective it looks like paradise but when you grow up in an environment like that you grow up to where everything is nice like that all the time too much of a good thing makes it to where like you don't appreciate it being good anymore exactly like for me i've never been to san diego so for me i'm like sandy beaches hot weather all this kind of stuff that sounds like a dream like how could you ever not like it but then it's like in your perspective that's what you grew up around yeah so it's just
1: (laughs) yeah and it's like when you're kind of like and you've seen how like some like rich people get like when they like grow up with money yeah. and when they have basically like oh like why should i do this because blah, 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 blah. like there was one time like when i went back to um san diego like i was like basically seeing a person and they were talking about how they feel how they do not think that they should tip their waiters and waitresses Right, because it's like I already paid for the food. Why right? oh tip? God. And I'm just like, that's bullshit. You, you, you really like, don't you realize know, they don't get commission. You, you, food, you, right? you realize that the tip thing is like a thing because it's just a way for the restaurants not to pay them like the actual. Exactly. Like if you don't tip,
0: you, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. If you so don't tip, that's for those that are pay. listening. Yeah. If you don't tip someone, you are a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit if you like, don't tip. I, I'm not going to, to, to rail that back at all. Restaurants do not pay anybody that is a tipped position, even quote unquote tipped. If like if there's an offer of tips, that is the excuse for companies to pay like shit. Yes. Like I don't care what the job is, if there's an option for tips, in the job description initially it's gonna say this is a tipped position. So you are a tipped or you're paid at minimum wage. Therefore, that person is not paid off of commission of food. That person is not paid off of the meal or anything like that. It is up to that tip to compensate for the lack of the pay hourly yeah and I don't think a lot of people get that because in other countries they don't do that in other countries like they're paid yeah like I, I've heard that like tips aren't accepted in other countries they're no, not. Well, not accepted but it's not like the social norm because the pay doesn't reflect on that and they're like oh wait what mm-hmm. and so like when they come here I can usually tell when it's like someone not from here because it's like I can tell by the tip and I'm like oh yeah and like they have an accent I'm like oh you're probably like I don't want to be judgmental or anything, but like where you come from, they probably don't really tip, or if they do, it's probably not that much. Because I'm like, this was like an eighty dollar order, bro, and this is very hard for me to bring out, and you're tipping me five dollars on this eighty dollar order. Like, that's uh, I'll give it to you because I can tell that you're not used to our social norms, but yeah, it's still like, uh, come on. It's just like, yeah, just
1: just as long as you get get out of your comfort zone. That's that's where you, you want to be yeah like, th- like uh, the second that you're comfortable become uncomfortable that's my recommendation it's yes. It, totally yes like if you're if you ever like have the the cold side of the pillow and you're enjoying that cold side of the f- pillow flip it over to the hot side hate yourself yeah. for a bit and uh you'll see the world
0: honestly <laughs> it's, it's been such a game changer for me too like trying to find the uncomfortability factor because on the other side of the uncomfortability factor is where the best parts of life are you'll get to meet people you've never would have met originally or you get to do things that you wouldn't have expected i try as much as i can at least a few times a week to do something that's out of my comfort zone like this podcast is pretty much out of my comfort zone i'm not used to talking to random people two or three times a week with doing this type of stuff and then releasing my voice i I hate listening to my voice.
1: I hate my voice too. I honestly. hate
0: watching myself on the screen. I hate all of that, and yet that's what I decided. That's what my career is going to be. Yeah. And I don't know. It's it's definitely a thing that more people have to exercise. I feel like. So, with your family, I know you said your dad was like an architect and stuff. Do you yeah. have like creatives in your family that kind of induce more of this artistic bug for being in um, movie making?
1: specifically like from my family unit um not really like no? not not really it, it's mainly just like like my dad that would be um that, w- that would focus on like architecture and stuff like that and that that was unique and all um my mom on the other hand is is a professor oh okay yeah and she like uh she just got her doctorate actually at uh oh, wow. at uh san diego state university like she teaches there congratulations and mom. uh yeah congratulations mom and uh <laughs> Yeah, and, and like my sister, um, she's basically just she's going to community college right now, still figuring things out for like what she wants to do, mm-hmm. which is not a problem at all. Like I remember like going to community college, still being somewhat like very confused and like unsure about like where my life is going to end up. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, and um, and my brother, like I, I love him to death. Um, he has uh, he is like low functioning like autism. Okay, so basically like he can't really like speak. Mm-hmm. or um and we basically like we take care of him yeah. a lot um so other than that like i'd say like my dad is probably like the most like creative like in quotes basically yeah. because like his job typically doesn't really require like much of a design aspect as much as i thought it it did back when i was like a kid right um but like it was more just kind of like making sure that like buildings don't have leaks or that there's no like that every building structurally sound there's not
0: really right yeah so with not having parents that kind of already have that artistic itch to scratch, how did they react when they found out that you wanted to be in movie making for a career? They
1: were actually very supportive. They yeah. were they were very supportive. Like I think that they just kinda knew that I was very much like the jump, um, uh, jump before thinking type of person. <laughs> and uh they just kind of thought, Oh, filmmaking, yeah, sure. Go yeah. ahead. You could do that. And <laughs> So they supported it. They, they, they supported it. Yeah, they they have supported um they've supported this whole thing, which is nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, basically, but like I know like a lot of people who are like also in like my position who like don't have parents that are yeah like supportive that are just kind of like oh, are you're not looking at the money aspect of it. You aren't like, but that's just I I don't want to do like I don't want to do a desk job for the rest of my life. Right. You know, like right now for, for context, I'm working at PBS. At, really uh, at Phoenix in like in downtown at like Cronkite PBS. and I, I got like an office and everything but like that being said I don't want to be there the rest of my life I just kind of like I think that it's a great job and I'm like doing my work there but at the end of the day like I do want to I do want to do the creative stuff yeah. like I want to I want to write films I want to direct I want to edit and that's my end goal and um, I think that PBS is like a great opportunity for me because I'm able to use the skills. Right. I learned in college, but um, but yeah, like it, it's of course just kind of like, uh, it's good to be here. But yeah. like I, I kind of, it, it's a really great stop, I think, for so, a moment.
0: So what does your job at PBS entail?
1: Um, I'm basic. I basically cut the uh, the commercials.
0: Oh, so you you <laughs> like I like
1: commercial I cut the I cut the, um, the promos for PBS. So like for like local productions and stuff, I uh, make uh, custom promos for them that are like. Uh, there's a show we currently airing on PBS right now called Trail Mixed and like I would have to cut together um, uh, clips like, from the episodes into like a little advertisement for it that's like 30 seconds and okay. make sure that it's proper for air make sure that the sound's good and the quality's all nice but that's just my job and in addition to that I have to schedule out the other promos that are sent in from the main yeah. offices like for example we get shows like Sesame Street we get things like um, Masterpiece like Downton Abbey and stuff like that. Yeah, I have to um, just slap tags on it for Arizona time because I think that like you know how like something would show in Eastern Standard Time, but it would be completely different from right from West. We have to do that for Phoenix, so oh, that okay. we have to, so that I we have to like custom create like the exact times and make sure that people know when and where to watch it. Yeah, that's that's my job right now.
0: Okay, so from your entire life growing up. Mm-hmm. What has been the biggest obstacle, like the biggest struggle to get to where you're at now then, through like working for PPS? And...
1: Um I I'd say that the biggest struggle would be um.
0: <clears throat> like the biggest hump that you've that you can remember that you had you endure that like give you the biggest lessons that you could have learned or just like the time to where you really thought shit was hitting the fan hard that you thought that there might not have been like an escape and that like this is it this is where the road stops
1: Mm -hmm. um there was uh the thing is like kind of growing up um I i basically like my my sister and like my brother like required like a lot of attention um from like my parents growing up and because of that i didn't really like have much like attention from them so it was mainly mm-hmm. just kind of like me figuring things out for myself and um there was one time where i there was one time where like i almost got like scammed out of like out of like thousands of dollars basically really? because i was just um i thought i like I thought I got like this job that would like be about like editing, right? And I like looked into it, and like to be fair, the paperwork that they did give me and like everything like over the phone, it did look legit. Mm. But they were really like they were like modeling themselves after like a real editing company. I would look up the editing company; it exists, right? And it's just like I almost like I I feel like I didn't like I feel like that whole moment itself. I just realized I'm like I'm screwed. I'm not ready for, like, the adult world. I don't know, like, I don't understand, like, the internet. I don't understand, like, where people are coming from. And it was just kind of scary because it just, like, people are, like, like, as my, I have dreams, right? But other people are ready to just come in and, like, fool me. And, oh, like, 100%. it's just, I, I'm not, it's a scary thought to have. Oh, so, absolutely. it's just, yeah, that was, like, one moment where at first I had to pause. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know about this. But then I, I got over that. And um, I, I just moved on with my life, but it was still just such a scary thing because, like, I didn't know whether or not to trust like job offers coming through
0: email right.
1: anymore because it was just like, who knows? One of them could be a scam, right? Or one of them could be like, one of them could. It's kind of like phishing. Do you know what phishing is? Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. It's
1: it's like that. Like one of them could just like flat out be a fish, and it could just be it could just like ruin my life if I like dig yeah. deeper into it. And it's just like, gosh, it, that that was that was one thing that really like scared me yeah uh, as a whole yeah
0: i i went through some similar stuff i remember um when i was younger i wanted a job so bad i just wanted to make money i didn't care how it was like i wasn't financially supported at all by my parents after the age of like nine or Mm ten after that age I was completely like they would obviously give me food and keep a roof over my head but anything else i had to provide for myself and so at that time i'm like I'm desperate for some money I'm not old enough to get an actual job yet and um, I remember there was one it was a job listing on Craigslist and I answered the job listing and this guy, this guy was yeah sure um, so basically what you're gonna be doing is I'm gonna be sending you this information on these rental properties and you're gonna be posting them on Craigslist it's a copy cut and paste job you get paid like five hundred dollars per listing that you do or some BS number like yeah. that. And when you're telling that to a 13 or 14 year old kid there's not a whole lot of red flags that are going off. It's yeah. just oh my god I'm getting some yeah, it's like for minimal work. Yeah, And so I literally just sat at my buddy's house posting this like what are you doing? I'm like oh I'm just doing this job I found on Craigslist. Yeah, And then um, there was a little bit later to where I think he sent um, I can't remember if it was the same job or if it was a di- different job. But they sent me in the mail this thing of checks and he wanted me to like deliver it to somebody else or to go do something. Yeah. And I got the checks. I'm like, oh, wow, because they look like real checks, but I brought yeah. them in and they were all... It was e-checks, right? Uh, no, it was like actual physical checks. Yeah. Um, is that an e-check?
1: E-checks, yeah. Like basically, did they like have you like printed out?
0: No, I didn't print anything out. Oh, okay. It really came in like a package, like a package of these checks. And the guy was like, oh, uh, um, he was like, this and I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. And he's like, okay, and send it back. And I'm like, I'm not gonna send these back. They're, I can't, I, I gave them to the bank already, and they're investigating. And he was like yeah. flipping out on me. He ended up, I think he was like part of some organization somewhere else, and he ended up threatening me and my family, saying that there, he was gonna come kill me, come kill my family <laughs> if I didn't give these checks back. And so I literally had to have a cop come to my house and wait like one or two days at my house to make sure that nobody wasn't come after us. Yeah. Like, like these internet scams get bad sometimes.
1: Yeah, like there was um, it got crazy because the thing is, it's like, I would like go to my dad occasionally like, throughout the whole application process and I'd be like, hey dad, can you have a look at this? And it would always be like at a point where it just seems like somewhat normal in yeah. the text. And basically like I would come to him like later at, like whenever something sketchy would happen to it, I'd be like hey dad, they're asking for this. And they'd be like oh yeah, just do it, son. They're, they're just do it. Yeah, And like, it kind of like even though they didn't end up like scamming me as hard as they did they got a bunch of shit about me yeah and i was just like damn i i don't know how i'm gonna get over that it That's gets just, scary
0: like they especially they know how to target younger kids especially those that like aren't as supervised. even like
1: even like not just younger kids like full-on like they're getting smarter they are oh they're getting so smart like basically like there was one thing where it was just kind of like i I got an email just like a couple days ago where it was talking about how like hey here's your here's your receipt for for some like amount of bitcoin on like, and i'm just like what the fuck like what and it was just like it looked legit like even with like the craziness of the bitcoin stuff and it's just like i even knew that it was fake like right off the bat the second it said bitcoin i'm like oh cryptocurrency bullshit all yeah right, cool whatever right but i was still at the back of my head i'm like damn like i could totally see this like fooling someone oh, else yeah,
0: especially like one of those like middle-aged people that just learned about bitcoin and just learned about yeah how all this is and it's like oh doing this and uh, i was actually working for the bank um one of the banks I worked at, we had this old lady come in, and there was this guy that um, contacted her, and she was, like, elderly. So she obviously didn't know how to do a lot of stuff on online banking. And um, there was, like, some sort of IRS scam, I think, that was that she was involved in. And she came in, she's like, yeah, I was on the phone with him, and um, I, he, ga- he got access to my account online through my computer, and I was like, oh, God, this is not going somewhere good. And then we go on, and she was like, he told me that um, he deposited too much money, and I needed to send the money back. And oh. uh, we went into her account, and sure enough, there was extra money in there. But then, I saw in the fine print, it said, transfer from savings. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I went in, and I saw that this guy went into her savings account, transferred like $100,000 from her savings to her checking account. Yeah. And... He was like, Yeah, now you have to buy some Apple gift cards for $9,000 and send it back out. She went, she bought these Apple gift cards. That's insane. She went and bought these. She didn't give the guy the code or anything, but she bought these Apple gift cards. And I was like, No, 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 no. He didn't do anything. He didn't transfer any money into your account. He, he transferred money from your own account to another one of your own accounts and then is trying to get you to send him this money. And she was like, Okay, so what do I do? And I'm like, Honestly, well, you already bought the Apple gift cards. My only best bet would be to sell the gift cards if you can or try to get some money out of the gift cards. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just, it's so sad to see, like, these yeah. people that are so oblivious or just not educated taking advantage of like this yeah. with, the, with these scams, you know? Mm-hmm. So.
1: But, like, outside of that, though, like, the biggest um, hurdle, I'd say, for myself, uh like another like hurdle I'd say like outside of just like simple scam yeah. thing like that um, it would probably just be like believing in like my own ideas mm. right like sometimes like especially like when I was like growing up I would um, I would just like make things for the sake of making things without any much like thought right. or anything but still like I would even in that case I'd be like do I really like this idea but yeah. now like now I only really make stuff if I like the idea right. like it's just if I'm basically like if I'm sold on what I'm doing if I've like written the script if I've like still if, if I've worked on it like so hard up until that point there must be something there right. like there must be a reason why I'm putting this on the paper yeah <laughs> if it's not just yeah. so is
0: it kind of like an imposter syndrome in a way
1: yeah because at the end of the day you're always just kind of thinking about how you could be a better yeah at your work and if you just you don't want to um because the thing is like the more stuff you make the more like of a fan base that you sort of have Mm -hmm. with that content. And you'd like, even though at the end of the day, this all just does not matter. Right. The, um, you still at the same time are kind of like concerned about like, will my fans like this? Will my fans not like this? And it's just the best thing to do at that point is just to like hush that part of your brain and just make it because the real fans will stick around regardless of whether or not, if you make turbo garbage, and they're like, "Yeah, this is fire then <laughs> those are those are the real fans. those right. are the but um
0: it's hard to get those fans though like it's it, it it's hard loyalty it's hard, yeah it, it's so much easier, I feel like, to get not the fake fan base, but like the Clout fan base rather than like the loyal ones. like there's artists like n f who have one of the most loyal fan bases ever. Obviously it took him probably triple the amount of time to get. The fan base of the size that he has, and so it's taking that much more. But it's like because it, he had worked that much harder, because he had to continuously put him out himself out there like that yeah. for someone versus him versus like one of these other rappers that mm-hmm. like within one to two years they're at four million plus streams on each song yeah. and a huge fan base and selling out. It's like for them, it'll be good for that like little decade or like two three years. But it's like at that point, what do you want? Do you want that smaller fan base that's loyal as hell to you that will stick yeah. around and slowly grow, or do you want that fan base of like everyone all at once, but then they slowly start fading away into not having anything for you
1: anymore? yeah, and I think that garbage was also the wrong choice of term cho- the wrong choice of words for that too, just like like your fan base like should you' you don't need to worry about your fans because like I feel like the good fans will like accept change from oh, time yeah. to time. Cause it's like if we're still talking about rap, right? Like let's talk about Lil Yachty, yeah. right? Like <laughs> oh, that boy. that new record, right? It went from it went from Minnesota to like Pink Floyd things. <laughs> I don't know what he did, but that was just like the real fans. I guess stick around for that. I haven't or, heard man, it. It's really good. It's yeah? really it's it's like his best thing that he's ever made, and I'm just like wow. So. I don't like like at first like going into it. I'm like I don't like this guy. I don't like what he's putting out. I don't like his music. But then I listen to this new one and I'm like, ooh.
0: I might get low key canceled for this, and yeah. it's gonna probably create a yeah. lot of like. Oh concerts. no! I don't want to be oh, here.
1: No. Oh, God.
0: But oh. for me, I am so picky on the music, and uh, especially when it comes to things like rap, mm-hmm. I am not a fan of all these lils this or young that. Yeah. Like for me. I have to see the artistic endeavor into the craft itself. Like, music is such a personal and artistic thing that when I see these, like, rappers <laughs> or something that sound like every other rapper or that have yeah. some magical producer that can make them sound like a million bucks, I'm like, you literally have a differentiate Like, I don't know you versus these other 20 guys that are trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with anything personal like i'm sure they all have their own stories of why they're doing what they're doing but as far as like advertising goes i'm like you literally i can't tell you from you from you from you yeah. you guys all have the same message in your songs you guys all have the same like flow you guys all have similar voice you guys all have a similar thing like this and obviously i know that rap is insanely popular and everyone loves all the new rappers that are up and coming and stuff but i'm like Especially when they're not creating their own lyrics, I'm like, that's, that's "What are you doing? Right, yeah. what, what's making you so popular or worthy I, of this clout?" Like, and sometimes when I do hear them making their own lyrics, I'm like, "That's literally the best you can come up with. Yeah. You rhymed that word with this word, which <laughs> technically don't even rhyme. It's just the way that you're saying them makes them rhyme." Yeah. But other than that, I'm like, "There's literally nothing artistic here. You're literally it, just." auto-tuning the shit out of your voice and then making a million dollars
1: yeah it, it that's a that's a weird one right because it's kind of like there there are some people where i even like when i first listen to them i'm like i do not see the artistic value in this I, what are y'all doing right right now but then over time like there are these people that like i've said that too that i'm just like i actually like you now yeah. I st- <laughs> i'm start i'm starting to see like yeah. where you're coming from and what was good there's been a few but,
0: rappers like that
1: for like me. yeah like at first um just like this is a this is a hot take i, I love denzel curry now i love denzel curry now yeah. but back in the day he was making like he was making ice age and i was just like what is this <laughs> what what is this And then then he made like um then he made taboo and i'm like ooh, i like this yeah and yeah but um then there are then there are other people, like Playboy Cardi, where I was like I listened to his first thing and I was just like, What is this? This is this feels like a meme uh, <laughs> uh like uh, this feels like meme music. I don't know like what this is about. And then I listened to Dialit and it's like, Okay. To, who? I, uh, to Dilit the album.
0: Oh. I haven't really listened to too much Denzel, Wa- or not Denzel. Washington. Denzel Washington, <laughs> yeah. you haven't listened. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really listened to too much Denzel Curry. I there's um, Ultimate uh, that I listened to. Oh, I was talking about Playboy Cardi. I wasn't oh, talking not- about Denzel. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've I've only heard like one or two songs from Playboy Cardi, I think I don't really. They're funny. Really?
1: Yeah, it's basically like the second that you like catch on that it's just very much, um, just a funny man spewing funny things over a beat. It, it becomes such a fun it just it just becomes such an entertaining I'll listen check it out you, you don't like i don't think that even the fans take him take his music like seriously seriously really so it's just like you can have a good time going in regardless yeah um but yeah it, it's it's weird sometimes he does say some say some serious stuff though and when he does it's like ooh, i get that but, yeah, fans need to, like, be open to change. Yeah. Um, we can't just, like, stick around to, like, the same thing again and again. That's my problem with Drake. But, like, we need to, like, <laughs> we're back to, well, let's go back to the ma- main things, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel about Eminem getting back into the game? Like, oh, all Jesus. these, like, older rappers from, like, early 2000s and stuff. What do you feel about them, like, getting back into the swing of things and trying to be super relevant again?
1: I think it's cute. I think cute. it's I think it's cute. <laughs> cute. I, I think it's I think it's cute, but like, y- you know, it, it's not gonna work. Like, dude, there are still people like Bob Dylan still makes music. True. Bob Dylan still makes music. Yeah. He doesn't have to keep making music, but he does. Yeah. And you know, whenever he releases something,
0: I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah.
1: Another Bob Dylan. I'm kind of like that with like Eminem and a bunch of these old rappers that are just if they ever like put anything out. It's more on,
0: of a n- nostalgia thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's more just like. I see them. They're here. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I I don't think much of it though. Like they're not like I, I can't say that they're like making like bangers and stuff. Like, but Nas, however, I think Nas is still like Nas is still like and pumping. no, not Lil Nas X. Not Nos. Lil Nas X. Like, Nas, Nos, <laughs> Nas, like Illmatic Nas. Like, yeah. He's like he's. I I don't know. Like the dude just constantly like finds a way to maintain relevancy. Like when it comes to like the King's Dead too. Like he got lauren hill on that record right most people can't do that like most (laughs) like you can't even like get lauren hill out of like the little cave that she's hiding right you're telling me that like just that's wild
0: but i'll admit i from like first appearance and stuff i wouldn't expect you to be super relevant with like this kind of music and stuff I'm not. I don't think I even am. I think I'm. you a, a lot more relevant in this. Than I think I am. I'm even
1: spewing bullshit by saying by talking, but um, <laughs> but yeah. Oh, well, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, like my like my favorite artists like of all time. Like, gosh, like what mark can I even think about? Uh, my favorite artist of all time is JPEG Mafia. Okay. Are you familiar with him? No. No. He has a recent album with Danny Brown called Scaring the Hose. I'd recommend it. It's yeah. quite awesome. I'll have to check it's, him out. <laughs> you'll either like it or you'll hate it. You'll probably <laughs> shut it off within seconds. Yeah. But like it's just it, it it makes my day every time I listen to it. I'll have to um, check it out. Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well it's already been about an hour. Um I definitely appreciate you uh coming out and talking and I know we didn't really get as personal as I wanted to get. Not really. Um, But, I mean, there's always could, next time. You could
1: cram in a personal question right now before we leave
0: it. Yeah? Okay, yeah. Let, let's see. What is the biggest, like, mental type of, not downfall, but, like, the biggest mental struggle that you struggle with on a daily basis or just throughout your life that you've been able to figure out a way to power through it?
1: probably loneliness um i'd say that uh growing up l- like i was talking about earlier um i i had a very i have very terrible social skills growing up mm. like i could talk one-on-one with people but if i'm ever put in like a crowded situation with a bunch of friends all hanging out i'd just be silent in the corner just not associating with anybody
0: right
1: and even that like when it came to just like making friends or, like, forming romantic relationships and stuff. I was just, like, the last person to figure all that stuff out. And even then, um, now I still feel kind of, like, lost when it comes to all those things because it's just, like, I enjoy talking about things, but I'm bad at, like, actually, like, forming friendships and, like, long-term matches up with people, matchups with people. But um, basically, like, I I got really existential one day. And I was just sitting down on my couch, and I was just thinking about how, like, we really are just um, just specks yeah. floating in an in ever-expanding, like, universe, <laughs> galaxy, Yeah. right? This, I promise this was not on weed. I promise, Mom, this was <laughs> not on weed. But I was just thinking, and I kind of realized, I'm like, hey, if I'm just a speck, then that means everybody else that I know is a speck, too, and that made me feel less alone.
0: Hmm. So how did you – Overpower it to where you were able to kind of put yourself out there a little bit more or connect with people. And like, have you figured out a way to kind of dig out of the loneliness a little bit? Or is because that because you're so struggling? I with?
1: think that like that's the thing though. Like, I realized that like in that moment, I'm not alone. And because of that, I'm able to throw myself into things and okay. like not have, not have, uh, not worry about the repercussions because it's just like, just like one speck bumping into another speck. And right. like, this huge massive thing of opportunities it's not the end of the world if right. I were to go on stage and like give a speech it's not the end of the world if I were to like talk with people on a podcast or just legit just associate with others it's it and also like searching for more like connections with people right. it's not gonna you, I'm not gonna grow to regret that because at the end of the day it just it doesn't really matter Um we're all we're all human we're all cool Yeah, like that
0: so is the loneliness, do you think it's gotten better since then?
1: Or? I think I think so. I've just, like, been okay with it. Yeah? You know? I feel like I've just, like...
0: Are you a lot more social now?
1: I am, I'd am. i say that I'm, like, more social, but, I, but I'm social when I, I choose to be.
0: So, like, intentionally you know? social then?
1: I'm intentionally social because it's, like, I get to choose, like, when I go in and out of conversations. I'm, I'm not, like, letting people kind of pull me into things that I know for certain are not going to go well. Right. Like, just recently, for example, um, there was... <laughs> I'll give you this example because this just happened actually. Um I have a friend from Texas, right? They were just like, "Oh, will you'd get you'd connect so well with this like with my friend. She's very cute. You would love her. We should look for a conversation over like that." And I'm just like, "Long long distance relationships do not work. Yeah. I- I'm sorry. Well, they don't." And she just kind of threw me in this this conversation with this person and it, as expected, it did not work and I was just kind of at the end of the day I'm like, I'm not gonna let that happen again. Yeah. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna let people throw me into that situation because that's just like uncalled for and messed up. Because I, I just kind of want to be in control of like what's going on in my day. Right. And yeah, if I choose to make a film with a bunch of people, I'll do that. If I choose to associate or like talk with a person that's completely in a completely different state, I'll do that. But right. it has to be out of like choice. I can't just be dragged into it.
0: Right. Yeah. You kind of just. Putting more intention behind it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that was a big thing that I learned to do too was just like completely being a lot more intentional with everything that you're doing, whether it's big, whether it's small, whether it's just like anything, decisions, time, everything. Because for me, it's like time is the most valuable asset that we don't get back. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter this that we all have the same 24 hours. And so... That was a big lesson that I've learned from a lot, of like, especially, like, quote-unquote, successful people, is you have to be intentional with everything. You have to, like, obviously, yes, go with the flow of life and let life kind of throw you around a little bit, but be intentional with, like, relationships that you make, with people that you talk to. Mm-hmm. Don't, like, be careful with the energy that you give out and energy that you absorb back in. Be intentional with all of it. So that's really awesome, though, that you kind of found that intentional... Yeah. Aspect And I feel like that's something that could really help a lot of other people. Because I know, especially, like, after the pandemic, mm-hmm. loneliness was a huge thing. Especially those that didn't have someone to yeah. be shut down with, you know.
1: And you don't want to, like, form connections with the wrong people. Exactly. You don't want to, like, basically, um like, basically, I know some friends as well that were, like, the second COVID happened, they got back with their exes. Exactly. Right? And it just kind of, like, that's a huge regression. Yeah. <laughs> for where, what, were, what was going on. Because, like,
0: like, that was the only human connection they could find. The, like. Not as much effort or anything. It's like, oh, we already had a past connection, so let's just connect again.
1: Even though they probably split up for very good good. reasons. And they just kind of um, (laughs) threw themselves back in there. That's just dumb.
0: Well, Will, I appreciate you so much for coming on this podcast. I'm glad to be here. And I know we didn't really know each other before this, and I wish that we did kind of get a little bit more down and dirty, but this isn't the only time. I'm hoping that we'll definitely have... More times to talk like this.
1: You could totally bring me back anytime. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, no,
0: I'm curious to see where this PBS job and stuff takes you and to see where this movie directing and writing and making life takes you. So, yeah. uh, With all that being said, that little outro that I was mentioning to you in the beginning, go ahead. My name is Will Hoxie and I have been unmasked. And
1: uh, thank you for having me on.
0: Thank you, Will. All
1: right, we'll see you guys
0: later.